eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 58 of the Fly the W670 Podcast. Cubs trade deadline shocker. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, on Facebook, you can also email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, happy Thursday and happy Cubs offensive explosion. Yeah, you're just sitting here. And and, and last time you and I talked, we didn't know what was going to happen with the trade deadline, if it was gonna, they were going to make any big splashes. And we were definitely nervous about the Reds, you know, hoping to split. And what has happened and transpired over the last few days has been a Cub fan's dream here. Absolutely. Dreams come true. Really great to see the offense doing what they're doing. And uh, a big part of that is the addition to the uh, Cubs lineup. Yeah, we're going to get there, but but we a familiar face has returned to the north side. Yes, a familiar face has returned to the north side. But, you know, funny you bring that up, Crowley. We, you would know the answer to this because you were lucky enough to be involved in the ring ceremonies after the Cubs got their World Series rings, you presented, remind everybody who you presented to. I presented to Miggy Montero. Miggy Montero, and what a what a playoff he had. Do you think that uh, the newest Cub, former Cub, newest Cub, did he get a ring? Heimer Candelario did get a ring, so he did okay. get a World Series ring. So um, a, real, a real ring, like the big dog ring? Uh, that would be my understanding, yeah, okay. is that every, everybody that was on that team was going to get it. So I don't think there's any difference between if anyone was on the 25-man roster or not. I'm not 100% positive okay. on that. But you but know he did he, get a, a get ring. some sort of a ring. Very, very, very cool. And he is very happy to be back. And if you're a fan of the Cubs or if you're a part of the Cubs, you are happy to have him. That's for sure. 
Absolutely. And, 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 you know, it was, you know, there, there was one little uh, bad hiccup that kind of happened here and that was in game one, Marcus Stroman versus Andrew Abbott. Uh, we were hoping for a strong start for Stroman, but we didn't get, he went three innings and gave up six runs on six hits with two K's and two walks. According to Jesse Rogers, that was Stroh's third consecutive game of allowing at least five run the longest streak in his career and Dustin over the last seven starts he's given up a total of 30 earned runs in 30 innings but as we would find out later and as I thought Stroman did go on the IL yes he did go on the IL so I guess the the good news is is that now we know you know what's going on you know why he was dealing with what he was dealing with hopefully he said it that it will only be one start took a cortisone shot in the hip um, we'll have to see what happens, but, uh, Tommy Hadovy kind of led on that. There was something that they were dealing with. They were trying to get him right. Physically is what he said in between the starts that, so there was something physically wrong with him. He was overcompensating. Um, I wonder if it was him. I wonder if it was the Cubs pushing him to get to at least through the trade deadline until we took a day off because maybe they were going to trade him. Maybe they weren't. And maybe they felt, and we didn't get this question to Tommy Hadovy, maybe they felt a 70% Stroman was better than a 100% Assad or a 100% Wesneski at this point. Right. And, 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 you know, Tommy Hadovy comes on Mullion Hall Wednesdays, right? And, yes. uh, when we kind of look at every this, other Wednesday, yeah. every other Wednesday, when I was looking at it, I could see that something was wrong with the slider. And, and it, a lot of this now makes sense, but you mentioned Assad, And the good news is that Assad kept the Cubs in it by throwing 3.2 innings. He gave yes. no runs, one hit. He struck out four. He walked three, but that was good to see. And then Daniel Palencia pitched 1.1 innings, a shutout ball and Mark Leiter went one inning. So it kept the Cubs in it. And, you know, I was nervous about Andrew Abbott. He's been a, a rookie who's been having a really great year pitching well. But the Cubs were able to tag him for four runs on five hits, and he only went 3.1 innings. Uh, Dansby hit a home run in the second to make it 3-1, to one, and the Cubs scored three in the third to make it a 6-4 game with uh, Seiya and Happ hitting sack flies and Jan Gomes hitting an RBI single. And in the eighth inning, Jan Gomes hit a one-out double and Morel double to make it 6-5. to five. But Talkman struck out, Magical grounded out. The offense scored five runs on eight hits, but they left seven on base, went two for 11 with runners in scoring position. Never but a good stat, Crowley. That stat is, you know, we're, we're, we're big wrispy guys. We are, we, we hit that stat, it seems like, each and every podcast. But you're not going to win very often when you go two for 11 with runners in scoring position. It doesn't help, but what, what impressed me was the fact that they were able to hit Abbott so well and they were continuing to fight all the way at the end. And I thought that that was going to pay good dividends in this game, too. Right, absolutely. I mean, this is a this is a try hard bunch. This is a never give up bunch. They could have easily turtled, walked away in this one, uh, especially because of the outing that their big dog, right, that uh, um, that he had. He did not he did not pitch. He did not step up like we had all hoped, Marcus Stroman. So they could have easily turtled, and they did not. Right, and 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 all of a sudden, you know, you got your your second best pitcher, supposedly Justin Steele going up against Ben Lively. And I went to the game on Tuesday, hoping to bring the Cubs some luck. I wanted to see the debut of Jaime Candelario, the return of Jaime Candelario. But Dustin, I had no idea I would be witnessing history. <laughs> history. History. We sound like Hawk Harrelson. History. Yes, you the did. I mean, we have franchise <laughs> history. We got Major League Baseball records going down. I mean, just all kinds of things happening over at Wrigley Field. 
The Cubs scored 20 runs on 20 hits with seven home runs. That tied seven. a franchise seven home runs. Rever- record. 1977. I was one years old when they were even that close. But I'm looking at this. Dansby Swanson hit two. Bellinger, Talkman, Horner, Wisdom, Amaya all hit homers. I mean, literally, you couldn't even like go anywhere like to go to the bathroom or get a beer without hearing whoop, there it is over the loudspeakers right. every time you they hit a home run. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was nonstop. Talkman was two for three with four RBIs. And uh, Horner was three for six. Bellinger, three for six with three RBIs. Swanson was two for four with five RBIs. And in his first game back with the Cubs, Jaime Candelario was four for five. And boy, did I feel bad for bo- poor Ben Lively, who was forced to wear this, this one. Cubs oh, yeah. scored 13 runs off this kid. He became the first pitcher to allow 13 runs in a game versus the Cubs since St. Louis's Bill Sherdell did so on June 25th, 1918, Dustin. I'm always impressed with those records, Crowley. I mean, who keeps track of this stuff? 1918. I mean, it's crazy. That's Cubs historian Ed Hardig. He's the man. He's the man, that's for sure. Justin Steele had a pretty easy go of it because he got staked to a pretty nice lead later on in the game. Right. Well, he he was up five nothing after one inning, and so you know he was able to kind of just do Justin Steele things. He went six innings. He gave up five runs, four earned, nine hits. He struck out six and only walked one. But he gave up a two-run homer to Tyler Stevenson. So, you know, it's one of those games where, I mean, I doubt that he's that, you know, pumped up as far as adrenaline and stuff like that, just because it's kind of like, you know, this game's just way over. You know what I mean? Right. And going into that game, they made an adjustment on a play that we talked quite a bit about, the error, right? The error at shortstop that uh, um, went, uh, they changed it to an error instead of a double. So Justin Steele going into that game had the lowest ERA in the National League, maybe all of baseball. Um, didn't come out of it that way, but very interesting that they made that uh, they made that switch. I want. Well, I wonder if if somebody if they wanted to appeal it or something through MLB. I wonder what happens because that yeah. that is kind of late. And it took quite a while, right? I mean, yeah. that was that was a, that was a long time. All right, so that wraps up game number two, an absolute offensive explosion. Just had to be a special special night for you at Wrigley. Yeah, we had a lot of fun, and it was like I said, I was actually at the game, the postseason game against the Cardinals, where they hit six home runs. Okay. It's just it's something that you just never expect to see. It's just the ball, and it wasn't like the wind was howling at twenty miles an hour out or anything like that. I would, I didn't walk up and look at the flags and go, uh oh, pound the over or anything like that. But Jesus, right. it was something else. Yeah. All right. Game number three. Drew Smiley gets his. Uh, assignment back as an actual starter instead of coming in in relief in the second or third inning. And he was taking on uh, Brandon Williamson. Yeah, the Cubs are going to win this one, but Juice Smiley just still didn't look impressive. He went 4.2 innings. He gave up five runs on six hits. Now he struck out seven, walked zero batters, which is good, but he also gave up three home runs in 4.2 innings, two of them to Joey Votto, the ghost of Joey Votto. But ghost of Joey Votto. I didn't think he hit home runs, Crowley. Oh my God. It sure looked like it that night, but, but we need Smiley to figure it, figure it out. But again, the bullpen only gave up one run in four innings. That bullpen is really starting to come together. And it, it also included the debut of Jose Quas, who is someone that they picked up in the trade deadline and just the offense can, you know, gave Smiley that leash. Yeah. Back and forth game. No doubt about it. Cubs, uh, uh, taking care of it fifth and sixth inning. And it was all Cubs after that. That was, yeah, uh, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun. I did not, I, I had high hopes that they could win that game because the good, the good vibes after uh, game number two that you were at, but I, I did not see 16 runs coming. That's for sure. Do, do, do you ever sit there sometimes and you say to yourself, man, you know, that's uh 
you know, oh, save some for the next day, right? Oh, you know, all the time. And, I said that and, after game two. <laughs> and you're looking at it. They're down five to two in the fourth. They score one run in the fourth, two in the fifth, five in the sixth, four in the seventh, and two in the eighth. Hap hits two home runs. Morrell, Swanson, Suzuki each hit one. Uh, Morrell was two for five with three RBIs. Hap two for four with two RBIs and the two homers. Suzuki two for five with two RBIs. And Candelario four for four. So in two games, this guy was what? He was eight for nine. Eight for nine, hitting over, what, 800? Um, so it didn't matter who they gave up. If he continues on that pace, they could have given up the entire farm system. It would have been well worth it. All 16 right. runs, Dustin, yep. on 16 hits. And you, you have to take a look at it. The Cubs have scored 36 runs in the last two games. 20 on Tuesday, 16 on Wednesday. That's the most in a two-game span since 1897, right? So it's it's... It's just absolutely unbelievable. The first time the Cubs have scored at least 16 runs in back-to-back games since 1894. Again, hat to Ed Hardig. And as we record this on Thursday night, Jamison Tyone is going up against Luke Weaver, who is the worst of all the pitchers that we've seen so far in, in this four-game series with a massive 680 ERA. And the thing to keep in your mind tonight, Dustin, is that none of the Reds pitchers, their starters, have gotten out of the fourth inning. So that right. bullpen is taxed. It's so taxed. It's absolutely taxed. It's a great point by you, Crowley. Absolute great point. Um, well, see what happens. But the bottom line is the Cubs offense is no longer broke, and they're doing this against the first-place team in the division. Now, the division is crap. Nobody's going to argue that. But, you know, you can only beat and you can only face off against the team that's on your schedule that day. Um, we're going to talk later about the Atlanta Braves coming to town. But right now, they are putting their best foot forward against those Reds. Yeah, they're 12-3 they're and three in their last 15 games since July 18th. On July 20th, they were seven games out of a wild card spot and eight by five, 8.5 games back of the division lead. Dustin going in tonight, 2.5 out of a wild card and three games back from Cincinnati. I mean, the Cubs are just doing it, and Jed Hoyer decided to reward that faith in the trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. We'll uh, obviously recap what happens on Thursday night with you guys later this week. But uh, good news is the Cubs offense is alive and well, and they were buyers and not sellers at the trade deadline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode number 58, Cubs Deadline Shocker. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. All right, Crowley, let's fill everybody in about what happened at trade deadline day. That was at 5 o'clock on Tuesday. 
Right. Last time we we, we spoke, we talked about Edwin Rios being taken off the 40-man roster, but we didn't know what the move was going to be. You know, was it going to be big? Was it going to be small? Um, And it turned out to be a big deal. The Cubs did land Jaime Candelario. And he is a former Cub. So he he was in the Cubs farm system, actually in Hap, was was really close with them. 29 years old. He's hit 258 with 16 homers, 30 doubles, 53 RBIs, and an 823 OPS in 99 games for Washington. So you got to imagine he doesn't have a lot of guys around him, right? Um, but he heading into Monday, leading the National League third baseman in war with 3.1, leads third baseman in doubles, and leads him in ex- extra base, hit, base hits. So when you think about it, and you think about the black hole that has been first base for the Cubs, which Candelario played when he debuted, and uh, on third base, uh, you, you know, this is really, really good. So, I mean, he was traded uh, to the Tigers in a move that brought Justin Wilson here, but it was fantastic. But the Cubs were not done, Dustin. Not only did they get one of the biggest bats, but it, this is the real stunner is they DFA Trey Mancini. Yeah, good guy, but uh, just wasn't getting it done. I think his legs, uh, his legs failed him, Crawley. Right. He's a two years, $14 million deal. So the Cubs are going to have to eat $10 million, but you know what? Good. Be a big boy team and do the right move. That's going to help you. Uh, He was hitting 234 with four homers and 28 RBIs, but uh, he cleared every, all the waivers. He's a free agent now. So someone can sign him and the Cubs are still paying the uh, still paying the contract, but it was the right move to make. And now, like I said, you, you can do a lot and this really stretches the Cubs lineup a lot. I love the move to bring Candelario here and it shows an intention that they're going for it. Absolutely. And, and you said it right, Crowley. It's all about stretching out that lineup. Um, there, There's been different, different spots for different guys. We saw Suzuki take a seat the other day. I wouldn't be surprised if Suzuki's on the bench tonight. And we also saw Suzuki batting, I think seventh uh, on Wednesday night. So a different spot for him, but he had Candelario batting eighth in his second appearance with the Cubs. So all kinds of mixing and matching and moving around. We've got three guys right now that could be playing first base. Uh, we've got three guys that could be playing third base. So a, uh, a bounty of riches for the Cubs, if you will, right at this second. Now, if you want to get a player like Candelario, you're going to have to give stuff up, and that's what the Cubs did. They give gave up Kevin Made, who was their number 14 prospect. He's a shortstop, really good hitter. And then those people that have listened to the podcast plenty, DJ Hurts, uh, was a left-handed pitcher. He was the Cubs' number 16 prospect. Um, with Made obviously playing shortstop, he's blocked by uh, Dansby Swanson. So, you know, sometimes when that's the good thing about having a really good farm system is that if you have guys in place, you can use these guys for trade chips. I really like DJ Hers and wish him absolutely the best, except for against the Cubs. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on those guys. No doubt about that. I think that's just the right thing to do. They didn't do anything wrong. They'll hopefully get an opportunity at their uh, next destination. And, and that's why Heimer Candelario was traded because he couldn't get play third because of a guy named Chris Bryant. So that, <laughs> that's what happens, right? Right. That kind of thing. Is, is Chris Bryant still playing baseball or did he retire to Colorado? Remind He me. has not retired yet. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now the Cubs right. also acquired Jose Quas from Royal from the Royals uh, for minor league outfielder Nelson Velasquez. I love Velasquez, but again, another guy, right? He's been up here blocked. this year, right? Blocked again, right? Yeah. He's a 29 righty. He has a 454 ERA with 52 strikeouts and 21 walks and 41 innings. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was an interesting move to me because I was really thinking they'd get a lefty and they didn't. 
but they made one more move on August 1st. They got right-handed pitcher Josh Robertson from the Rays in exchange for Manny Rodriguez and Adrian Sampson, and they threw in a little bit of international bonus pool money for that. Um, Robertson, he's played entirely at AAA this season for the Rays, um, but he does he's, has been pitching well, and he's a reverse split guy. So his fastball goes up to about 97 miles an hour, um, you know, even up to 98. He's got a really good slider. And he's been doing better against lefties than righties. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. He's been real hot lately, 0.69 ERA in his most 10 most recent appearances. But all of them have been in AAA. Yeah, we'll see what he can do. Um, I don't mind the move. Like you said, guys get blocked and they, you just have to you have to move on. They needed a little extra help in the bullpen. Um, um, Tommy Hadovy liked the fact that he throws kind of that sidearm and the different angles. He thought that was something uh, cool because that's what Hadovy did when he was trying to make it into the big leagues as well. Joe Madden used to call that funk. <laughs> you like guys with funk. Funk. Yeah, he's funky, all right. Don't they have the, they still got the funky play of the game on the uh radio side too. Right. And speaking of funky, Marcus Stroman, like we said, 15 day IL with that right hip inflammation. He said it's been an issue for a bit, but it got worse and it required him to really use his upper body and not his lower body. And that's where I saw the slider just wasn't moving, man. And that, that that's where he was getting knocked around on. on and that's that his one. big pitch, right? Right, right. That's a big pitch for him in his sinker as well. Just wasn't looking good. So he has that cortisone shot. He's going to be on a strength and stability program. And Jose Quas, we just talked about, he took his roster spot. Brad Boxberger and Ethan Roberts are scheduled for bullpens on Friday in Arizona. Um, Brack, uh, Boxberger had the forearm strain and Ethan Roberts coming back from Tommy John. And then Nick Birdie will pitch in live BP on Friday in Arizona. He's getting closer to a rehab start. And as I said, Mancini cleared waivers and is now a free agent. But quickly, Dustin- yeah, quickly on Mancini again, really great guy. I hope all the best for him. I hope he, uh, I hope he lands with another team that's in need of a little leadership to maybe it may be a little bad. The guy, the guy could hit with runners in scoring position. He had some clutch hits. Um, just not enough at bats for the guy right now. That's all. Right. And it happens, you know, and, and, and so this was the move they had to make to get better and they made it. And yep. speaking of moves they had to make, there was a bunch of cool minor league roster moves, no bigger than the Cubs number one prospect, PCA, PCA, PCA. PCA. Pete Crow Armstrong is one step closer to Wrigley Field. He's been promoted to Iowa. So from the Tennessee Smokies to Iowa, as was right-handed pitcher Carlos Guzman. So with a lot of these moves with the Cubs trading players, that, that opens up move room for other players. The Cubs' number one draft pick, Cade Horton, was promoted from South Bend to Tennessee, as was shortstop Fabian Petrus. But with Cade Horton, Dustin, this is a guy that is looking lights out. He started in Myrtle Beach, didn't stay there long. He was in South Bend. And then in his first start in uh, in, in Tennessee, he looked really good. So I'm excited. This year's number one draft pick for the Cubs, their first pick that they made, was uh, Matt Shaw. He's been assigned to South. He's assigned to South Bend. So if any of our uh, listeners know how much we love to go to South Bend, you could check him out. One thing to kind of watch: Ben Brown is a starter for AAA, but he's put on the seven-day IL. Ben Brown has been on the program. He's a great kid. He's someone I'm thinking is might. I don't know if maybe just giving him a little bit of a breather just in case they may need him for a September run. Let's hope that that's the case. And congratulations to Cody Bellinger, not only the Cubs player of the month in July, but the entire National League player of the month for July. Yeah, hitting 400, five doubles, eight home runs, 24 RBIs in 26 games. That'll do it for you. Now, that's pretty good. He, I think he's gone from a, a $150 million deal to a $200-plus million deal this 
off season. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 58. The Cubs dread deadline shocker. It has come and gone, Crowley. And now the Braves are coming to town. We've got a, a Friday afternoon game just like you like. And uh, before we get into previewing the Cubs hosting the Braves. Let's take a look at the standings as we enter Thursday. Right. So Cincinnati in first place with the two game losing streak. Thanks to the Cubs. They're five and five in their last 10 Milwaukee starting to stumble 58 and 51. They're three and seven in their last 10 and the Cubs eight and two in their last 10, three games back from the Reds. Pittsburgh 9.5 and the St. Louis Cardinals uh, 10.5 back. But now it's kind of interesting because we get into wild card watching and the Cubs are only 2.5 back there and teams like Arizona are struggling and they did not do a lot. People were confused. They were sellers, whereas Miami were buyers. So Arizona and Miami are ahead of them as are Milwaukee, Philadelphia and San Francisco. But this is going to be an exciting chase, but I think the Cubs' best route is to win the division, which is absolutely attainable at this point in time. But it's going to be a rough go these next couple of days against one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, they uh, definitely have a chance. I was surprised that Arizona was uh, very quiet. Uh, um, that, that did surprise me that they didn't do much. I'm surprised the Reds really didn't do a whole heck of a lot either, Crowley. And you wonder how much of an effect that's having on them in this series. I don't know. Right. Maybe uh, maybe it does uh, play with the mind a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and we, see. I'm we know they really were looking for them. Right. We were we know they were looking for starting pitcher and the White Sox on the other side sold a bunch. But they were talking. But Reds really did nothing. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it, Crowley. We got the Braves at the Cubs Friday, Saturday and Sunday. All day games. Yes. Yes, sir. And, and Lollapalooza is uh, in town. So uh, uh, a hot, hot weekend down in the city. Hot weekend, and and the, the team like the Braves are just red hot. I mean, they had another successful season last year. They came in as the defending World Series champions. And like the Dodgers and Cardinals, they're the gold standard that other front offices try to emulate. So they finished in first place in the NL East with a record of 101 and 61. 
and were upset in the division by the Philadelphia Phillies, who ended up representing the NL in the World Series in 2022. They made some key additions, catcher Sean Murphy, uh, outfielder Jordan Luplo, right-handed pitcher Nick Anderson, outfielder Sam Hilliard, a right-handed pitcher Joe Jimenez, who's really good out of the pen, and then right-handed pitchers Dennis Santana and left-handed pitchers Lucas Ludage. But they did have some losses. And obviously the Cubs know about Dansby Swanson. So <laughs> Swanson I'm now with the Cubs. So he's going to get to see his first team for the first time since coming to the Cubs. Uh, they lost. Think there's any relief. juice there, Crowley. You think there's any juice there? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think there's always probably a little bit. Any but motivation from Dansby Swanson, you know, like, Hey, I could have been the guy I should have been the leader of this team. Anything like that? I don't think so. I don't, I don't no? think he looks at it no. like that. I think he's going to come in and just kind of do what he has to do, which is lead this team. But they also lost Kenley Jansen, uh, Luke Jackson, William Contreras. We know he's with the Brewers now. So um, the, the shot, that's who Sean Murphy, that whole thing kind of worked out with. And then Manny Pena, they lost as well. And they were able to extend Sean Murphy to a long extension. But right now, this year, the Braves are in first place. The record 69 and 37. Oof. Woof. Six, 64 in their last 10 and on a two game winning streak. They just finished up a series. They won two out of three in LA versus the angels. Yeah, they, uh, they can hit the ball pretty well. They do kind of seem to live and die by the home run Crowley. Yeah, they, they do, but uh, you know, they, they are very successful in hitting them and that's what kind of makes me nervous, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be, it's not going to be an easy series, but uh, I think the Cubs can, uh, can do do a little something, but let's uh, get through the uh, let's get through the pitching matchup. So Friday afternoon, we've got uh, one of the better ones for the Cubs, Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, Kyle's been doing really good. You know, I mean, he, he, calling his games, we've kind of talked about that, and he is a really good, solid number three, four pitcher for you against the Cardinals. Um, not a very good team. Seven innings pitch, give eight hits, three earned runs. And against the White Sox, he went six point one innings, gave up four hits, three earned runs, and then against Washington, six point innings. Went five hits and gave up one run. But this is um, definitely going to be a step up in class, so to speak, yes. uh, compared to yes. who who uh, who he's been they've been facing lately. Good. That's a good way to put it. Step up in class. There's no doubt about that. But uh, hey, listen, if, if this team is going to uh, have aspirations of playing beyond October 1st, then this is the type of uh, this is the type of series you need to get uh, get involved in. And this game's going to be interesting on Friday because Max Freed is rejoining the Braves after a three-month absence due to a strained left forearm. So Freed is one of their really, really good young pitchers. He's two and one with the 208 ERA. But when you talk about Freed, you know, let's hope he's rusty, Crowley. Let's hope he's rusty. Right. What kind of is he going to be on a pitch count? Uh, you know, what's going to happen. So it's one of those things you have to be careful because you might say to yourself, oh, be patient. But Max Freed, if all of a sudden he kind of starts getting in a groove, he could set you down really quick and last longer than you expected. So just kind of keep that in mind. Yep. Another thing to keep uh, keep in mind as this happens. All right, Crowley, the dreaded TBD for the Cubs in game number two. Let's uh, speculate. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, uh, Hayden's on the roster, so I think that Hayden Wisniewski would be some some sort of combination of Hayden Wisniewski and Javier Assad. Yep, that's but, what I know, think too. I think that duo. I think it's almost one of those split kind of things. A lot of it depends on the game against uh, the Reds tonight and what happens with Hendricks. You know, you never know if all of a sudden Hendricks gets knocked out early, you may not see that. So it's it's. I think they're going to keep their options open. Um, but it, it's I I don't know exactly how that's going to all play out. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what are the uh, Cubs facing on Saturday afternoon. 
Oh, Bryce the Elder. That I, that's not his name. His name is Bryce Elder, but I just I don't know, it sounds like medieval to me. Um, he is a righty with an eight and two record, a three eighteen ERA. This guy's had a couple good starts, both against Milwaukee lately. On the 29th, he went seven innings pitch, gave up four hits, one earned run. And again, against the uh, the Brewers on the 23rd, he went six innings, gave up four hits and two earned runs. He struggled a little bit against Arizona on 7-18. He only went 2.2 innings, gave up seven hits and five earned runs and struck out four. But, you know, when you got this offense, you know, same as Smiley start the other day, boy, you can get a lot of things fixed if you got an offense that hits like the Braves do. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're awfully good at the offensive side of the game. All right, so then game three, we get Justin Steele back out there. Charlie Morton, who's kind of the uh, – would you consider him like the Kyle Hendricks of the of the Braves maybe, a Charlie Morton? Oh, yeah, the old man of the bunch, the one that mm-hmm. – the, the, the Wiley veteran, all those things. When you got Justin Steele, 12-3 and three with a 265 ERA – Again, that game was kind of tough to kind of get up for because they were just kicking Cincinnati's butt so bad. He went six innings, gave <laughs> up nine hits and four earned runs. And against St. Louis, the last two, uh, the 27th and the 21st, he went six and 6.1 innings, gave up one run and two runs. So, again, a step up in class. And for a guy like uh, Justin Steele, this is a, you know, you are, comp- this is kind of a good measuring stick for me to kind of look at Justin Steele because you are going against such a good team and such yes, a good pitcher. Absolutely. Charlie great point, Morton. Crowley. Great point. That's a great point by you. So, I mean, Morton is 10 and nine with the 362 ERA, but again, he's just a, a veteran that knows how to pitch. Like you said, a Kyle Hendricks type, and, and he's very deceptive with his pitches. Um, and, and I, so I just kind of want to see a, how the Cub offense does, but like I said, especially Justin Steele, um, uh, but he's lost his last three games again, though, he, against the angels, six innings, he gave up three earned runs against the Red Sox. He went 3.2 innings, gave up six hits and four earned runs. And against Arizona, he only went 5.2 innings, gave up six hit and four earned runs. So he's definitely a guy you can hit, right? He's, he's, he's not one of these young guns that they have coming out of their rotation, but, uh, you know, again, if the Cubs are smart and patient and watch out for that curveball, I think the Cubs have a chance, um, you know, to, if, if the offense keeps performing like they do, I mean, look out. Absolutely. Look out indeed. All right. I'm going to take the hot knot here, Crowley, really quick. Uh, Heimer Candelario. I don't know if you get much hotter than that in his first couple of games with the Cubs. Mike Talkman continues to play really great baseball uh, for the Cubs. Not say a Suzuki. I think he's going to be platooning the rest of the way, unless something happens and Tucker Barnhart, um, do you think they tried to trade him and it didn't work out? What are you, what's your expectations on Tucker the rest of the way? You know, I mean, people like pitching to him. I don't have a problem with that. I don't want to see him and Justin Steele again. I know they won that game, but that, that did not get talked about enough in my book that there was something going on in that third inning where we had a couple of wild pitches or pass balls. I don't know what, but it seemed like the communication was very off between those two. Uh, you and I have talked about that before and how frustrating it is that Miguel Amaya is not there. I mean, right now you have to play your best players. And if, if, if I don't care about everybody having a chance to catch everybody and all that no, stuff, no, no, I, not I want right your now. best, no. I want your best mm-hmm. players out there. And if you think that, and if, and if Hendricks and Amaya work good, let's do that. Dustin, just to kind of let you know that Suzuki is not in the lineup. It is Mike Talkman tonight leading off. It is Talkman playing right field or center field, right field. Right field. I don't know if I'm a huge, a huge fan of that either. Looked a little eh, uh, out there in right field the other night. But uh, again, I, I will say that the, the David Ross and the Cubs do more, do no more than I do. How do you feel about him out there in right field? 
as everyone's who's if you've ever talked to anybody from Billy Williams to Andre Dawson, and these are Hall of Famers, right field's a tough one to play. He's going to learn on the, he's going to learn on the fly. You got Talkman in right, Horner at second, Happ at third, Bellinger in center, Swanson at shortstop, Morel DHing, Candelario playing first base tonight, not third, Gomes catching and magical at third base. Just so I think, I I think I like Candelario more at first than third. I'm just going to, just going to say that for whatever that is worth. All right, Crowley quickly. Now, who do the Cub fans need to be paying attention to from the Atlanta Braves? Look out for Ronald Acuna. That guy is just absolutely on a tear. He is one of the best players in baseball. Also, Matt Olson, a great first baseman, and he's having a, 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 a terrific year this year. So both of those are guys are doing really well. But, Dustin, when you take a look at the regulars of who's not, I mean, all of these guys are hitting about 280. Like, the only ones that are not are their left fielder, Eddie Rosario's hitting 211, and their catchers, both of them stink on offense. But but offensively, when you go down the list, uh, you know, right fielder, first, short, center, third base, DA, second base, all those guys are hitting 280 or above in their last yeah. seven games. So just this is a really good offensive team. They are a juggernaut. So this is where we get into the predictions, Dustin. I don't know what you're seeing here. Uh, I'm going to say they're not going to get swept. I don't I think they're playing too good to get swept, but I, I'm going to be real. I'm going to say uh, they win one, they lose two. I, I, I'm, I'm, I especially with like, TBD, right? I don't know right. what's going on. Right. That you can't sit there. You, I mean, and if you're a gambling man and you have no stake in this right now, you know, in this team, then you're definitely going to look and say the Braves take two or three. Um, it, you know, it, it, this game is, this is hard to pick because Freed is just coming off the IL. We have a TBD. I, I like the Cubs in game three, the best. And I'm, I'm curious about game two. So I'm going to go one for three, but game, game two, if they do that Wesneski Assad, I'd be very interested to see what happens. All right. That's a wrap Crowley. Don't forget to listen, download review and subscribe to the fly, the W podcast. Follow us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, fly the W six seventy at gmail.com is where you can email Crowley and I, and you can watch us YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Crowley, enjoy the weekend. Uh, Enjoy, hopefully, some more uh, fireworks from the Cubs offense. Yeah, guys, if you haven't gotten a chance, I'm just telling you this entire week, Wrigley has been rocking. Don't miss it. Go down there, support the Cubs. Go Cubs! It's all over.